All right, so practice number one. High-performance teams invent the future by design. High-performance teams invent the future by design. So this is the first piece. And what I invite you to think about with each of these practices is kind of like question it, look at it, ask what are we really saying here? So in each of these statements, especially in this one, there's an assumption. And my assumption is that most teams don't invent the future. And therefore, it's not by design. Okay, so it goes back to what I was speaking about with the brain, mostly what companies will do and good, well-meaning, smart individuals will get together as the team and they'll say, okay, what's, what are we up to next year? And where they're looking as a reference point to say, what are we up to next year is where they were when? Well, now, and the reference point would be last year. So there's some kind of sequence and linear effect to their thinking, right? We're going to if we were down 5%, well, maybe we should be even, or maybe we should be up 10%. I know I'm using numbers a lot, but it's a simple uh, example to get. So you, you base what's possible in the future from where you've been in the past is the point. That's not inventing the future by design. That's reacting to the past. And that, then you have a kind of future which is stifled by the past. Now, you may be even on breakthrough trajectory. It might have been your best year yet. So this doesn't mean throw out everything that's working or not celebrate your success, but unless you have a context that you will invent the future, you will not examine it and look for areas of opportunity beyond even what you're already doing great. A lot of teams may be doing great, and so they just say, just keep doing what we're doing, which is fine, but that will have its limitations. And if you're interested in innovation, creativity, and the next level of excellence, you'd want to engage your team in more questions about we are doing great, but what would be possible beyond that? Um, and it doesn't mean you have to do it, but at least you're examining it. Okay. And then you decide on what does next year look like. And that kind of choice gives you the, gives you actually um, um, this phenomenon of design. You're like an architect designing a house from the foundation up. You're not just changing the drawings. You're not just putting a new door or adding a bathroom, you're literally going back to the foundation of your business each year and saying, if we were to rebuild knowing what we know now, how will we build this for the future? And that's a very empowering conversation when you lead it with your teams, because everything that teams wants, want that they complain about start to happen in that kind of conversation. You know, teams want to contribute, right? Don't we hear sometimes, I don't get to contribute. My voice doesn't matter. No one asks my opinion. They're just going to do what they want anyway. Why don't they listen? If they only knew this didn't work, why do they keep doing it this way? Well, this is the chance to hold your team accountable and give them room and space to actually participate at that level. And that causes a shift in your organization as well to one more of uh, accountability and responsibility because people actually do have a say in how the future goes. It doesn't mean you're going to do everything everyone inputs on, but it does mean that you listen and that your key leaders have this opportunity to redesign the business if needed for the future that you want. All right. So that's the big picture on this. Let's look at a couple points. Um, so some characteristics that you want to remember, this is a leader's guide. So you as a leader would want to create for yourself that you value the opportunity to author the future. If you don't care, who cares? You know, it's always like start with the why. So we start with the why. Well, why does this business exist? I don't, I don't know why your business exists, but 
often a common theme is it exists to con- for growth, it exists for creativity, it exists for inspiration, it, it exists for excellence in customer service, it exists in a place where we can be our best selves together and promote ourselves and develop ourselves as leaders and make a difference. And, you know, whatever that is, that's the why. So that kind of grounding has you authentically as the leader value the opportunity like, oh my, it's so great. We get to sit down and we get to have an open conversation about next year together or next quarter or next month. But really we're talking here about, you know, more the longer term future. Uh, and is it designed the way we want it to? What are we missing? What else could we, would we put in if we could? What, what's working? What's not working? And if you don't value that kind of open dialogue, well, you'll miss this step. Or if you think if you open up that door, you're opening up, uh, you know, Pandora's box, which a lot of leaders think, like, I'm not going to go ask my team what we should do with the company. Well, you have to be appropriate for the level of listening or accountability that's there. So this is definitely with your senior team. For those of you who have a senior team of management, I would assert this is an absolutely necessary conversation. Okay. Um, And there's a version of this that you could have with anybody in the organization, because I don't care where I sit on your team. If you're asking me to participate in the future and, and provide my input in the future, it shows me that you value my opinion and I'm not just here punching the time clock. All right. So that's a, a characteristic. What else happens with this? Well, you can be informed by the past, but you're not limited by it. So again, this is a smart intelligent business conversation. This is not pie in the sky. This is not la la land. We're not just starting over every year. There is whatever is the essence of your business and the reality of your business. And we need to be grounded in that, but you're not limited by that. You can also go beyond it. Sometimes people say, oh, are we just going to forget everything that we do? That's No, that's a fairly, I'm just going to call it immature relationship to this conversation. We'll definitely be grounded in what we are and we are going to commit to, um, looking what we can do beyond it. Another characteristics of this as a leader is that you are somebody who likes, you you appreciate creating a gap of what is possible to fill by choice. So this is the this is um differentiated against things suck around here. We need to fix things. You know, you guys aren't doing your job. So I'm going to come in here with the new goals for next year. Uh, that's not what this is. P- that's why people resist your conversation. This is, we've got what we've got, and we know that we can improve in some areas and other areas we're doing great in. This is a conversation for what's possible. This is a conversation uh, by design. That's why everything's a choice, okay? Um, and that we we choose, if we choose, as a team to create a gap for ourselves, that is between be, between how it is today and how we want it to be tomorrow, but we're not doing that to react to something. We're not doing that because somebody thinks we should do that. We're not doing that for any other reason than this group of people at this moment in time who's together in this conversation says, hey, that would be pretty darn cool. If we could do that, that would be that would be good. Now, now you've you created a gap between how it is today and how you want it to be tomorrow that the team is inspired by and they're at choice with. Uh, they're not, they, 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 when I'm a choice, it's something in my life. I don't react to it. It's like, no, I chose that. What's there to react? Like sometimes it will be a pain in the ass if we're really committed to fulfilling what we chose, but that's okay. I'm up for the game. 
And we can remind each other that we chose this new goal. It wasn't laid on us. Okay. Again, I'm going to keep going here, but there's a lot we could say about all this. With sales teams, the most common complaint from sales people is they ask for our goals, but they're going to tell us what to do anyway. So it just uh, exercise and, re- you know, at the end of the day, the sales manager is going to say, here's your targets and you need to do this in your region. That's an example of not creating a conversation where those salespeople experience choosing their goals. And if their goals are not aligned with where the organization needs to be, there's dialogue about that until you get it to a point where it works. All right. And all of this means that you are somebody who values inviting new thinking and how to fill the gap from the future backwards. So reverse engineering, you're inviting your team to remember everything that got us here won't get us there. That's okay. We're going to have to invent new ways. Like the sales team could say, I can see how we can get, you know, 5% in sales increase, but I don't know how we're going to get 10. Yeah, I know. That's exciting, isn't it? Because 5% we don't know. 5% we got to bring new thinking to. 5% we got to think about how do we penetrate the market deeper or wider? Or how do we introduce a new product? Or, you know, all the ways that we can grow business. That's what we're up to. So keep doing what we do great. Get the 5% from what we already know. And the other 5% has got to come from something we don't know. And we got 12 months to discover it, right? But we're going to talk about it. We're going to, I want you to think about it. I want you to look for opportunities in the market. And it may come in the 11th hour, but um, we can do it if we keep thinking from it. All right. So that's invent future by design. 